Guys, it's the Tim Mullen Show. I know, you miss me. Where have I been? You know, I, I don't have any excuses. I just haven't felt like podcasting. It's not so wrong. I've been doing landscaping. I've been fighting fires. I've been too lazy to podcast. I just haven't felt inspired. I haven't had anything uh, get my juices going. You know what I'm saying? I know. Jocko and Link would be very disappointed in my lack of discipline. But uh, but we're back. I've had some motivation. I've seen what's going on in the news in South America, of all places. Bring on my pal Daniel here to talk about it. Uh-oh. we got to pause. Daniel, can you hear me all right? Yes, sir. Okay, I got I got the beach ball of death. Oh, there we go. I'm back. There we I'm go. I'm back, baby. All right, this computer has, has seen so little, little use in the last month or two that uh, she's getting all rusted up and stalling. I don't know. It's like my car right now. Daniel, we've got some exciting things happening in Argentina, but just for my audience, can you introduce yourself and your background and why Argentina is of interest to you? Sure thing. Well, my name is Daniel. Um, I was born in Argentina. I came to Canada in 2002. I was 15. And, um, you know, when we left, we, we came back a couple of times. And we were often asked, you know, are you ever thinking of coming back to Argentina? And our answer was always no, because Argentina is never going to get better because the, the problem is so ingrained in the culture that we didn't see a, a way for it to get better. And my interest in Argentina renewed in 2017 when I found by complete accident a, a video clip on YouTube of Javier Millet, which made me discover libertarianism. And it literally, I mean, I could say that it changed my life. It changed the way that I think. Right. Uh, and what's happening right now, it's extremely uh, interesting. Yeah. And Javier Millet, sort of, sorry if I mispronounce it here. Um, he's a congressman currently, right? And it sounds like he's basically Argentina's version of Ron Paul, right? Like he's just like, and in fact, I read an article the other day that described him as an anarcho-capitalist, an anarchist of all things in the government. How is this possible? What's going on? It's unbelievable. Um, Javier Millet started appearing on TV I will say the only difference between Ron Paul and Javier Millet is Javier Millet is actually an economist. I believe Ron Paul is a doctor, right? Yeah, he's a he's an obstetrician. He delivers babies, but uh, yeah. So Javier Millet started appearing on TV in 2017. He would be on panel shows debating against 10 other people. The thing with Javier Millet is because he's an economist and he is so good, he's like messy of, you know, quoting books, you know, quoting policies, quoting economic stats. It's unbelievable to see. Right. And, you know, you would see him debate and no one was even close to being able to keep up with him. Right. And so this uh, is before he was a congressman. He was just appear on panels and talk shows and he would just destroy the competition with his big brain anarcho-capitalist, uh, you know, having all the facts there, which is, uh, which is really interesting. So, okay. I mean, the reason I'm having you on the show is that I saw in the news and it, it seems to be, uh, it, it's not getting as much traction as I, I thought it would, but 
this is huge news because he just he's not only a congressman but he just recently won the uh presidential primary for his party is that correct he won the primaries by a huge unexpected margin right i, I heard he was like uh, his next two closest uh competitors he had more than their score combined or whatever more than their number of votes combined or something yes and i mean think about the money that the other guy spent right i mean the other guys had the government you know the, their money to put towards their campaign he didn't right right okay and what what do you give his chances of when's the presidential election and what do you give his chances i believe it's october 22nd i believe it happens to be his birthday oh wow um, yeah, everything seems to be lining up here what's exactly i think his chances seem to be extremely good i think it's you know it's like it's like all the right conditions for a forest fire, right? Right. The conditions are there. Yeah. Extreme poverty, extreme crime, extreme inflation. People are completely fed up. Every, I mean, you go out on the street and you ask people who, who they want to vote. And an overwhelming majority tell you, Millet. Is that right? Hey, okay. But all the right. corruption is also, sorry, like the corruption is also so huge in Argentina that anything could happen, right? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of... Uh, a lot of Canadians and uh, Americans listening to this will will um, say, "Yeah, that sounds like my country a little bit." Um, what What is the background of Argentina politically? Like, what? Uh, tell us about it. Um, in the beginning of the 1900s, Argentina was a powerhouse. Argentina was top, was first or top five GDP in the world. People escaping Europe at the time, they would choose either, for the most part, Argentina or the U.S. Right. Yeah. Isn't that where Hitler went or something? That's what they say. Yeah, yeah. That's what they say. Um, Argentina back then was a sort of libertarian, like minimal government, super small government country. Right. And over the last hundred years, it's now 140 in GDP. I mean, terrible, oh. truly terrible. So what happened? Um, I think socialism happened. It's hard to tell. I'm not an expert. I'm a mechanical like, engineer, right? Yeah, it seems like socialism is uh, popular or at least widespread. The idea are, are widely accepted in Latin America for some reason. Yeah. What's uh, Do you know what the reason for that is? Is it just, you know, socialist colonialism? spreading from Europe and uh, the halls of uh, universities of the U.S. into um, receptive audiences or what, what's going on there? Why, why is Latin America so um, welcoming of such a, an extreme ideology? I can only guess, right? right. I mean, something, there's something about Spanish-speaking countries where there's more corruption, there's also about warm weather countries. Something's happening there. You know, warmer countries seem to be poorer. I don't know. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, whatever it is that's making them receptive to socialism seems to be making them receptive to anarchism, anarcho-capitalism. But, right but, you know, sorry, Tim, like going back to your question. Yeah. Who doesn't yeah. want free stuff? 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so you know, you're you're. It was in the top ten economic powerhouses uh, back in the fifties. Now we're we're you are where you're at in Argentina, um, largely because of leftist socialist policies. And so describe the state of Argentina today. What, what's it like? What, uh, what's it like living there? You, you had said at one point, I think at the beginning of the podcast here that you, um, you had written it off as you're never going to go back. Why? Correct. Because it's the corruption is so entrenched. I mean, Government, I mean, the taxes are insane. It's like 60% or 70% of people who are not paid cash, basically. Something like 70%. It's insane. Um, everything's government run. Literally everything, the government has their hands on it, even journalism. Like, I think part of the reason why no one saw this coming is journalists are funded, you know, over and under the table by different political parties. Right. to say what they want them to say. So it's really everywhere. You know, you want to get a building permit, you got to pay someone off. You have a shipment. I mean, you, you're running a business. You need a material. You need to import materials. You got to pay someone off at the um, uh, the ports, whatever. Right, right. So, yeah. So, and, and your taxes are very high. I imagine there's a lot of... Uh, uh, obstacles to economic uh flourishing let's say you know trying to start a business or get anywhere you're probably gonna have to pay off a lot of people and deal with um you know that that corruption um okay so that brings us to having malay and you say he started rising on the scene you started noticing him in 2017 and he turned you into you opened your eyes turned you into a libertarian uh from all his debates and were you in Canada at the time when you were yes. watching this? Yeah. So you're, yes. you're watching your homeland from afar and you're seeing this guy uh, making some ripples and he's sounding like a Ron Paul, uh, you know, but arguably even more learned on economics. Although Ron Paul was fairly uh, well studied on economics as well, but I mean, that's kind of, you know, his, his criticism of, the U.S. dollar, central banking, and explaining basic concepts of economics are kind of what put him on the map, as well as this anti-war message. Um, let me read you what what uh, the National Post, uh, I think uh, Conrad Black wrote this article in the National Post about Javi Millet. He's a follower of Frederick Hayek and a reputable and learned free market economist and economics professor, as well as a radio and television personality. It is indicative of his faith in individual liberty and spontaneity that he declines to comb his hair, though he does wash it reasonably frequently. He declares that, I don't feel ashamed of being a man, white and blonde with blue eyes. He is personally heterosexual, but thoroughly tolerant of those who are not, and he respects religious marriages, but as a practitioner of free love personally, he describes himself as a Roman Catholic who reads the Torah every day and has visited the grave of Menachem Mendel Schneerson, the long-serving head of Lubavitcher Jewish sect. He has five English mastiffs, four of them named after economists, including Milton for Milton Friedman. Um, 
and in in this article it also describes him oh yeah it says uh malay's libertarian anarcho-capitalist program includes shutting down the central bank adopting the u.s dollar as argentina's currency but allowing the private sector to determine whatever means of exchange it wants at any time pending the launch of a hard currency dismissing climate change and confining environmental measures to reduction of pollution, sharply lowering taxes, dismissing much of the bureaucracy, scaling back unlimited abortion, imposing social responsibility and financial integrity on organized labor and giving parents oversight of education. He attacked Argentinian school teachers as a core of brainwashers and denounced the Ministry of Women, Gender and Diversity as an outgrowth of cultural Marxism and has promised to shut it down and sack all its employees. He has promised the privatization of state-owned enterprises. I mean, he sounds like he's uh, he's taken my my platform. What's going on here? If I, if Where I did you find? Be... <laughs> Where did you find such a good description? It's bang on. Sometimes yeah. I have a hard time explaining to people who this guy is. I should take that link, send it to people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a great, uh, art, great article. Uh, very, um, you know, well done. So, <clears throat> I mean, obviously, the corporate press in Argentina, and probably um, as he starts making some waves in the actual presidential race here, you know, I, I can see the headlines now <clears throat> in North America, right? Ex- uh, right wing extremist. Uh, threatens to impose fascism on South America or something like that. Um, what uh, what are your thoughts on what he's facing in terms of obstacles to get to that presidency? Um, it's going to depend on his numbers, on how many people vote. Because if you have a, a good, uh, you know, over 50% or something like that, it's, it's going to be a lot easier. If you have, like, you could win with, like, 40% also. It's going to be a little bit harder. The other two parties just have so much business in keeping things the way they are that they're going to resist. And it's going to be up to the people. The problem is we have a democracy. We expect the people to be involved and knowledgeable to make decisions. Right. But everybody is out there, you know, in Argentina, Sorry to say, almost zombified by soccer or other things. We're all busy with our lives. Yeah. And if people are not engaged, I don't know that anything's going to work. Yeah, We're well, going to end up with a world government that just tells us what to think because we cannot determine for ourselves. Right, right. What, uh, what party is Javi um, a member of? Freedom goes on, I guess, would be the literal translation. Freedom goes on. Okay. And and that is one of the major parties, I guess, in Argentina? Or is it? Well, actually, that, sorry, that, that's a good question, Tim. He's not, he's a complete outsider. So unlike Trump oh, okay. that joined the, the Republican Party, there were two other parties, made two parties in Argentina. Right. He made his own new party from scratch, okay. which is why everybody said he would not be able to, you know, during the the voting they would they would straight up say people will steal his votes people will straight up say that votes will be stolen what do you mean stolen they will just not count the votes they won't count the votes okay like you you need to have people watch the count 
right? Right, right. So, so members of each party will have people on every table to watch to make sure that doesn't happen. But because he didn't have his own party with a lot of people, uh, they were saying he's he's going to have votes stolen. Ah, gotcha. Okay, because because he's not having scrutineers, I guess at the exactly at the ballot boxes uh, watching him. Okay, so he he does face a, an uphill battle then. Um, you know, I guess in Argentina, I, I imagine um, it's a republic, right? Or yes. Okay, so they they vote directly for their president, unlike Canada, where we just vote for our local member of parliament. So um, it, I guess it, a lot of it is going to depend on how how well he polls, right? Because if voters in Argentina are anything like voters in Canada or the rest of the world, they're going to vote against their worst fear, not for their highest value. So while he may be very popular now, if someone else looks like if, if you know, the bad guy looks like he's going to win, they may vote for who they perceive as his. Uh, you know what I mean? So I, I think that was the case before the primaries. I think before the primaries, a lot of people were very scared of giving the, their vote to Javier and having the old bad guys win. OK, but wait a second. Describe the primaries to me, because usually when I think of primaries, I think of the, the Republicans going to have a primary. There's going to be Trump. There's going to be DeSantis, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. This is guys. all in one. This is all in one. Okay, so what is the prime? So it's all the parties. You vote for one person, but every political party is in the in the ballot. So oh. you might have two people from one oh, party okay. in the ballot, um, another two people from the other party, and then that way you pick one person from each. You know, the, the sorry, the political parties pick the one person that got the most votes. But you also got to get a national sense of where everyone's at, right? Hmm. Okay, I don't think I'm following because you should. So, so the primary doesn't mean that he just, it was the most popular presidential candidate in his own party. Is, he, there was no competition. He's the guy from right. yeah, the Libertarian that, that, that's Party. What I, that, okay, that's what I mean. That's, but so he, more, me, he got more votes than the next best party, for example, with the two candidates combined. Okay. And and you said the primaries all run together. Um, so you're seeing how many votes all the other uh, candidates in the other parties get. Um, but the primary, winning the primary just means that you're the, you're the guy that's going to be on the presidential ballot for your party, correct? Exactly. Right. So, that, so there's uh, a winner for his party. There's a winner for the two other parties as well. And what are the two he other... Yeah. What, yeah. what are the two other parties? The There's two other parties. One of them is a Peronist, what we call in Argentina, based on a guy called Peron. He was oh. a huge figure that represented the workers. Right. Uh, that party is called uh, United for the... Man, I'm forgetting the word. Yeah, Patriotism, maybe? Okay. The other guys are called Together for Change. Uh, they're more of the same. They're just yeah. career politicians, been politics 30 years, 40 years. Um, yeah. They're, you know, Javier calls them, one of them are socialists with, ma with bad manners, and the other guys are socialists with good manners. Ah, good enough. Yeah. 
that's I was gonna say just based on their the names of their parties, they sound like pretty much the same thing. Um very cool. Okay, so everyone on the street that you're hearing is voting Javier. Um it sounds like people are ready for a change with all the corruption. Uh what what's life like there for the average Argentinian? What's the standard of living? Are they really struggling? Are they if you're a young person, your life is probably thinking a lot of the time, where should I move to? What other country should I go to? Because it's completely, it's impossible to open a new business. Therefore, there's no jobs. If you find a job, the government will take 70%. So you're going to be poor. Right. Um, you know, Javier often talks that's about- what, That's what the interest, are the income tax is there, 70%? Something like that, yes. Holy shit. Yes, holy money. shit. Yes. Um, here you get a little bit more for that money. Okay. Right. Now, Javier often talks about inflation as noise in price signals. I don't know if you've heard this analogy before. No. Inflation, I mean, prices are information, right? Right. They denote scarcity and cost, material costs. When you have inflation, that's noise. I mean, it, it just doesn't let you plan ahead. It doesn't let you figure out what things really cost because prices are going up all the time. And what happens is because you have noise in that communication, it's harder to run a business or to open new business, to plan ahead. Uh, we've had a historical, like over the last 30, 30 years, I mean, something like 50% per year average inflation. Wow, 50%. I mean, it's insane. By Canadian yeah. standards, it's insane. Argentinians are used to it and it's normal for them. That means you cannot get credit. Right. Because there's so much unpredictability. People cannot buy homes. There's no mortgages, obviously. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I have, look, in Canada, we're, we're ready to throw out the Trudeau government. Um, all the polls are predicting... Uh, conservative, a, a handy conservative win uh, this time around because people are suffering from, you know, whatever our inflation is. I think it's been about uh, maybe 10 to 15% over the past few years. The real inflation, I mean, the numbers reported are, are lower than that, but everyone's feeling it. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, the credit market is uh, is chaotic. You know, the, you don't know which way the Bank of Canada is going to swing the rates. Uh, they've been handing out free loans for a long time and now loans are getting more expensive and, you know, that's that's playing havoc with the housing market as well. So, uh, but that's just a, a small, I, small uh, effect compared to what's going on in Argentina. Yes. And, and I want to write why they're ready for a, a big change, something completely different. Exactly. It's a 180 yeah. degrees turn. Yeah. I want to mention two things. I want to recommend um, this podcast with Michael Saylor and uh, PBD, Patrick Bet David. Okay. And in that podcast, I think it's the latest one, Michael Saylor's talking about how inflation really works and how governments actually calculate inflation and how they're right. just counting it in their interest. Right. Uh, I'm not going to do it justice trying to explain it myself. I really recommend people listen to that. 
Um, awesome. Okay. Well, if, if, if I get that link, I'll put it down below guys. I'll also put a link to the uh, national post article uh, down below. So you can read a little bit more about Javi. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, we inflation is based on uh, a basket of gov- a goods that called the CPI, the consumer price index uh, that the government determines it wants to measure. Right. And so there's certain grocery items and, um, things like that. But of course, that the underlying assumption is that um, is, that's the inflation rate. If all I buy is that basket of goods and I'm not interested in other things like maybe a house or a car or different things like that. Um, so it, it it becomes much more difficult to calculate inflation uh, when you add in, you know, w- what's available to the individual on the ground what he can buy with his money that he is interested in buying or that he needs to buy is very different than what the the government is um, pricing at that consumer price index. And of course they choose things that are going to make them look better than they actually are. And so the actual cost of living is yeah, much higher. Our buying power is much less than the government would make it out to be. So interesting. Um, Cool. Well, I'm excited to see Javi go. I hope that he makes some news here, even bad news. I hope they skewer him or at least pay some attention to him. The the, the worst thing is irrelevance uh, and not and being totally ignored. So at least if they uh, attack him as being some kind of right wing extremist who's practicing free love and is wants you know would agree with my slogan of I want gay married couples to be able to protect their marijuana plants with AR-15s. Um, I mean, you know, at least they're, they're, they're going to shed some light on him. People are going to see, Hey, what, what is this that he's going? Why, how is an anarchist in, in power? I mean, th- that was the other thing I was going to ask you how much, um, how effective do you think he could actually be if he wins presidency? Like how, how effective is he going to be able to actually slash this bureaucracy? Is he going to be able to lower because you know what's going to happen um you know he's, he's talking about privatizing a, a bunch of government uh, uh enterprises and of course all the employees that work for those that are getting free money from that 70 percent income tax the working man pays it sounds like there's a lot of lot of government and public sector employees that are going to be uh screwed in the short term because of javi and i can't imagine they're going to be very quiet about that. So what do you think Correct. he's going to be facing here? I mean, first of all, we've never seen this before. Right. First of all, it's never been tried. I yeah. don't think some governments had said before that they would try or they would try to improve it. I don't think they really tried. Right. Something very interesting about Javier is, you know, whereas other politicians put people in positions of power where they're their friends, family, etc., or people who are just loyal to the party. Javier is speaking people who are really well suited, you know, in terms of education, experience, competence, really. And I have, that gives me very high hopes. I also think people are starting to wake up. Like you cannot, you know, this is the campaign slogan of Javier. You cannot have different results if you're always doing the same thing. You can't have everybody employed by the government. It just doesn't work. You can yeah. just print money. It doesn't work. It would be like trying to print diplomas for everybody. It wouldn't work. Right. You can't just print diplomas. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, again, insofar as people kind of show support and show up when there's a march against him to support him, uh, it could work. Something else, Tim, that I think is really interesting about Javier, it's not just the libertarian philosophy that he educated so many people on. He has some really interesting leadership qualities that I think are missing probably in Canada, you know, South America, almost everywhere. Right. You know, he, almost every argument he makes, he speaks of morality. Right. When have you heard a political leader talk about what's right and what's wrong? Yeah, not since I ran for prime minister. <laughs> I didn't get very far. So think about the central bank. Like, Tim, is it okay to steal? No, it's not. It's immoral, Daniel. <laughs> is it? Well, what if I don't have a job and I have a family? What about them? Still immoral. It's still immoral. And he's yeah. the only body, the only person talking about this. I've never heard this before. I mean, he, right. he would just say this on TV and everybody was like, of course, you're right. Of course, stealing is wrong. Right. That's what the central bank does. Yeah. Right. Um, so morality taking a central stage in all his arguments, I think that's amazing. You know, then there's the issue of competence in leadership. I'm not super familiar with Canadian politics. Certainly in South America or in Argentina, leadership is not really competent. Um, you know, you get guys that are very personable, maybe. But if you want to lead Argentina, you have to understand economics so well because it's an economics problem mostly, and there's other issues, of course. Yeah. Um, something else I love is he will keep repeating, like, I would rather tell you an uncomfortable truth than a comfortable lie. I don't think that's his quote, but he tells it all the time. Right, right. When, when do you hear politicians say that? Not very often. You know, one thing, um, he, he reminds me a little bit of uh, Vivek Ramaswamy in the U.S. I've heard him on a few podcasts now. He's, he said, you know, day one, he wants to um, eliminate 75% of government employees, like federal government employees. He's got a, a very clear plan on how to do this. Uh, you know, he... he it's interesting to hear some of the similarities and and the um, openness by the public, by voters, to listening to these ideas and to be like, yeah, let's try it. It's got to be better than what we just experienced over the last three years with uh, centralized, bureaucratic, nightmare, lockdown, mandates, supply chain, economic, you know, bullshit and the suffering we're having now from that and you know all the previous years building up to that uh anything's got to be better we got to do a 180 and um you know these candidates that are popping up seem to represent that vivek like you hear him talk and he makes sense you know he yeah. he is speaking what he thinks there's not a, a pre-written speech beforehand some advisor telling him what yeah you know like i look at any other 
career politician. I don't buy a word they say. No. In Argentina, here, US, um, I look at mainstream media, I just don't buy it. They, I don't trust them. And that's the difference between them and Javier or Vivek who are doing podcasts who are talking like in real time, answering real time questions, yeah. telling people exactly what they think. And it comes through. I think it shows. Right. Is, uh, is Javi an English speaker at all? I think he speaks a little bit of English. I, I don't know. I've never seen him in an English interview. Yeah. That's, that's unfortunate because, uh, I'd really like this, uh, this to catch on an English speaking world. I'd love to have him on the podcast or at least hear him on some podcast and be able maybe I need to brush up on my, my Spanish and, um, but very cool. All right. Well, I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see uh, what happens in October. Is is it like the U.S. where they there's a bunch of, um, uh, you know, uh, debates and a big lead up to the election? Or there will be debates. Yes. Very good. When and when do those start? You know, I believe next month. Next um, month. Roughly, yeah. Awesome. It's going to be exciting to see. I hope yeah. that there's uh, there's some uh, English translations and clips and, you know, maybe that's uh, something. I hope there's someone, some Argentinian, English speaking Argentinian somewhere clipping things and saying, hey, guys, look at this. Look at what's happening on the stage. In Argentina. There are a ton of people doing that. Okay, there awesome. are a ton of kids out there so happy to be seeing English speakers share this content. Yeah, I personally can't believe it. I'm so happy, you know. Awesome. Well, any content you come across, send it my way. Let me uh, pump it out there and try to spread it as well. So Daniel, listen, thank you so much for, for coming on. Um, sorry for the technical glitches and the lateness. Uh, your boy's just getting back into the podcasting uh, discipline again, let's say after, after a bit of a break. And um, so thanks for sticking with me. And is there any place, uh, anything you want to plug or Twitter or podcast maybe my twitter you, you got you can plug it if you post a video on sure, twitter, I'll, I'll put your i'll put your twitter link below i'm sure you'll be tweeting out lots of information about uh about javi and his race for the president and and what's going on there so uh your twitter is going to be a good place to find uh keep up to date with what's going on in argentina so make sure you you have your twitter uh twitter finger ready to go and, and feed us lots of info on this because i'm sure my audience will be very interested to to, to see this so thanks again daniel Thank you, Tim.